Hey, everyone. Welcome to the NYC Real Estate Podcast. I hadn't planned on doing an episode today, but due to the unfortunate and tragic events over the weekend in the Bronx with the fire that killed so many and injured and displaced so many, I wanted to get a quick update on fire safety, fire guidance, um, what we're doing, um, and all that. But before I get into that, if you want to send me an email, uh, do so at nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's NYC Real Estate Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to call me directly, you can do so at 212-335-2723, extension 201. And if you're new to the show, my name is Mark Levine. I'm one of the owners of EBMG. We are a management company that's overseeing about 100 co-op condo rental buildings in uh, the five boroughs. And we're also handling a lot of stuff out on Long Island that's separate. Um, but for these purposes, I wanted to make sure that we're all on the same page, that you guys have as much info as possible. And if we can try to avoid anything um, as disastrous and tragic as this in the future, I think it's time well served. Um, what I'm hearing is that the, um, and this is from the Post and from other news outlets, is that the fire started from a electric space heater that caught fire. Um, I want to make sure that you know that kerosene and propane space heaters are prohibited. They're illegal in New York City, so you should not be using those. They are dangerous to use. Um, if you have a newer type space heater, they have automatic shutoff features. So you should make sure that if you have an old one, you may want to get a new one so that you can have an automatic shutoff if it gets too hot or if it's a timer, however they are. But that will also minimize the damage and potential for fire in the future. Unplug it when it's not being used. Uh, don't use extension cords. Try to do all the safe, um, you know, try to make it as safe as possible if you're cold. Um, if you are cold, you should take a, um, a thermostat and see how you're at. Um, HPD has specific guidelines on um, daytime and nighttime temperatures during the winter hours. So daytime, which is considered to be 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. when most people are up, it has to be at least 68 degrees inside if it's below 55 degrees outside. If it's nighttime, which is 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. when most people are sleeping and under covers and you know they can keep themselves a little bit warmer, it has to be at least 62 degrees inside, no matter what the outdoor temperature. So um, if you are below 62 degrees inside, um, take a thermometer, see where you're at. Then I would call either your landlord or call 311 if you're not able to get um, you know inf any improvement once you've contacted your landlord. Um, every year. We send out a fire safety prepared notice, which is it's a fire safety plan, and it comes in a few parts. The first part is the um, fire safety plan itself. That's going to list out the building address, the ownership information, the year of the construction of the building, type of construction, if it's combustible, if it's non-combustible, they have different ways of handling fires if they are one or the other. Um, combustible is a building that um, could is not considered to be fireproof and non-combustible. You have uh, a different set of parameters for that. It's also going to list out the number of floors above ground and below ground. If there's a sprinkler system, where that sprinkler system is, if it's there, if there's a fire alarm, if there's a public address system, how you're going to get out of the building, unenclosed and enclosed interior stairs, exterior stairs, fire tower stairs, fire escapes, all of those are listed on that part one um, of the fire safety plan and given out to each resident yearly. I would make sure also that in your building, you have the fire safety plan posted. Normally it's by either the building entrance or by the mailboxes, somewhere that's in public view. 
Um, so beyond having what you have in your hands from the management company every January, that should also be posted. Part two of the fire safety plan is called the fire emergency information information. And that is um, intended to help you and the members of your household protect yourselves in the event of a fire. So what, and this is coming straight from the fire emergency information. And I can put a link to all of these documents in the description of this podcast. So if you go into this description, I'll put the link, just click on it and you should be able to open up this document but it's basic fire prevention and fire preparedness measures that will reduce the risk of fire and maximize your safety in the event of a fire. It's also basic information about your building, including the type of construction, the different ways of exiting the building and the types of fire safety systems it may have, emergency fire safety and evacuation uh, instructions in the event of a fire in your building. It also will list out your your borough's um, fire department dispatcher phone number, um, which is important. And, you know, there's some things that you should do in a building, regardless of whether it's a combustible or non-combustible building that should be, if there is a fire in your unit. And I think this is one of the things that, um, the news is pointing out that when the occupant of this apartment noticed the fire, he was able to rescue his eight children, but he also left the door open behind him, which allowed the smoke and um, the fire to spread throughout the rest of the building. If it had not been able to escape, it probably could have been contained a lot better inside that one apartment. So um, the evacuations for everything, all types of building construction listed out in steps. The first step is close the door to the room where the fire is and leave the apartment. So if it's in your bedroom, close that door, leave the apartment, Make sure everybody is out of the apartment. Take your keys. Um, I know that, you know, in a fire emergency, especially in the middle of the night, it could be confusing. You have smoke. You have a lot of people to make sure that they're safe. But if you can set up beforehand where you put your keys in a specific place, you don't have to look for them. That would be really helpful. Um, It says also do not lock the apartment door. You could close it. You should close it. Definitely close it. But do not lock it because if you need to get in there as a fire department personnel, they need to have open access to that apartment and can't waste valuable time to try to knock it down. When you're moving through the building and you're going down, don't use the elevator. Um, alert people on your floor by knocking on their doors on your way to the exit. You can scream that there's a fire. And, you know, depending on what time it is, there will be people up or people sleeping and um, presuming that everybody's tested their smoke detectors, their carbon monoxide detectors. They've got all of those things running and up to date. The batteries are good. Um, the actual equipment is good. Um, that will also go off in the event of a smoke condition or a carbon monoxide condition. Um, once you're in a safe location, call 911. Don't assume that the fire has been reported unless you see firefighters on the scene. So any quick action that you have once you're in a safe place, call 911. That will help alleviate the time constraints on them. And every minute is a potential life or two saved. Um, I would also you know, point out that in this, uh, in this document, they also say to meet the members of your household at a predetermined location outside of the building, notify responding firefighters if anyone is unaccounted for. Um, this is preparatory with your family. So beyond having you know, your keys in a certain place, closing the door behind you, make a plan with everybody that if we are out of the building, let's meet across the street at this location. We all have to be accounted for. We all have to know where we're all going. And then it goes through what happens if you have a fire that is not in your apartment, um, in a non-combustible building or a fireproof building, which um, are the newer construction and you know 
um, I won't go into which buildings are and which aren't. You should have a list of that on your fire safety plan to how you are to stay inside your apartment and listen for instructions from firefighters unless conditions become dangerous. If you must exit your apartment, first feel the apartment door and the doorknob for heat. If they are not hot, open the door slightly and check the hallway for smoke, heat or fire. If you can safely exit your apartment, follow the instructions above for a fire in your apartment. Um, if you cannot safely exit your apartment or a building, call 911 and then tell them your address, your floor, your apartment number, and the number of people in your apartment so they could be prepared. Seal the doors to your apartment with wet towels or sheets and seal air ducts or other openings where smoke may enter. Open windows a few inches at the top and bottom unless flames and smoke are coming from below. Don't break any windows. We don't want any fresh air coming in and um, changing that um, you know, air distribution and flow. If conditions in the apartment appear life-threatening, open a window and wave a towel or a sheet to attract the attention or firefighters. Again, this is if it appears life-threatening. If smoke conditions worsen before help arrives, get down on the floor and take short breaths through your nose. If possible, retreat to a balcony or terrace away from the source of the smoke, heat, or fire. In a combustible or a non-fireproof building, that's a little bit different. Um, if feel your apartment door and doorknob for heat, if they are not hot, open the door, check for smoke, exit your apartment and building. If you can safely do so following the instructions above for a fire in your apartment. Again, this is a combustible slash non fireproof building. So it's going to be different than when you're sitting in a fireproof building where the fire is more likely to be contained to that one unit that the building, um, fire is in. And if the hallway is or the stairwell is not safe because of smoke, heat, or fire, and you have access to a fire escape, use it to ex exit the building, proceed cautiously on the fire escape, and always carry or hold onto small children. If you cannot use the stairs or the fire escape, call 911 and tell them your address, your floor, apartment number, and number of people in your apartment. Very importantly, if you are inside a, an apartment where it's a combustible or a non-fireproof building and you can't leave, Make sure that you seal the doors to your apartment with wet towels or sheets and seal air ducts or other openings where smoke may enter. Um, so if you have air ducts, if you have um, inside your, the ventilation inside your bathroom, inside your kitchen, you know, seal those off. You can seal the bottom of your door um, with a towel or a wet towel. Um, you can open your windows a few inches at the top and the bottom, unless the flames and the smoke are coming from below, you're instructed to not break any windows. If conditions in the apartment appear life-threatening, then you open a window and wave a towel or a sheet to attract the attention of firefighters. If smoke conditions worsen before help arrives, get down on the floor and take short breaths through your nose. If possible, retreat to a balcony or terrace away from the source of the smoke heater fire. So you can see that there's different rules for different types of buildings um, that are fireproof or non-fireproof. And again, read all the instructions that I'm going to put as links in this podcast description so that you have it on your computer or you have it on your phone. Um, the other thing that I want to make mention of, which is really important. So if you have interior enclosed stairs in your building, where if you walk into the hallway and you have to open up a door to go into either one staircase or maybe there's a set of two staircases on each floor, they're scissor staircases or they're just regular staircases, the, the, there's a sticker that has to go by law on each of those um, doors that basically says, I'm going to pull it up here. I did have a copy of it on my computer. In a fire, close all doors behind you 
um, keep the fire and smoke out of the building hallways and stairs. And it has to have an actual um, picture of a door with a fire where the door is open and it's leading out. Um, there's, I'll put a link also to this, but it's intended to provide a clear, visible reminder to building residents of the importance of closing each door as one exits one apartment and building during a fire. Closing these doors serves to contain the fire and smoke within the apartment, assist in firefighting operations, and prevent smoke from entering the stairwells through which the building residents may need to evacuate. So each close the door notice needs to be printed on a single-sided sheet of paper framed under a clear plexiglass cover or laminated with a firm backing and designated to be affixed by uh, and designed to be affixed by mounting hardware or an adhesive or printed on a matte finished vinyl adhesive back decal, not less than three mils in thickness using thermal printing, screen printing, or other permanent water resistant printing technique, not to be smaller than two and three quarters inches by 12 inches in size. And that's excluding the frame. The notice shall be clearly legible with white lettering against a fire engine red background or fire engine red bold lettering against a white background and a type size of 38 point times New Roman or equivalent for the first line of text, 24 point times New Roman or equivalent for the second line of text, 20 point times New Roman or equivalent for the third and fourth lines of text and 14 point times New Roman or equivalent in black lettering. Printed with a full color illustration with an image size no smaller than one and three quarters inches by one and three quarters inches on a white background. And it has to be printed in the English language. The owner may print the fire emergency preparedness notice in such other additional languages as the owner concludes would benefit the building occupants, but always English first. And then if the, you have a uh, component of your residency, your, your tenants that speak a, another language, you are free to put it in any language else that you want. Um, so this has to be on the public hallway corridor, corridor side of each stairwell door in the building. So when you're in the hallway, you have to, when you're looking at that door to open and go into the interior stairway, it has to be on the outside of the door. So you have to be able to see it from the hallway. Um, the last point would be that you need to have a, um, trying to find the, the link to that also, you have to have a, um, a sign posted inside the actual apartment itself on the on the apartment door that's going to be a fire safety information sheet as well i don't have the um the fire safety sticker handy right here but i will leave a link to it and it's going to be different and depends on if you're in a combustible or a non-combustible building it has to be on every interior door of every apartment so that you see it when you're in the apartment um, this isn't obviously everything that you need to know, but I think it's a good start. Um, you need to know when to evacuate. You need to know when to shelter in place. You need to know what type of building you're in. You need to make sure that your carbon monoxide, your smoke detectors are all working. Obviously, if you have a kitchen, everybody does, make sure that a good practice would be a fire extinguisher in the kitchen. If you have a, um, an electric heater, remember no propane. Um, propane is not permitted in there no kerosene, but if you have it get, and if you have an old one, uh, maybe it's time to upgrade to one that will automatically shut off. Um, we also went through the heating, um, the heating requirements of New York city. If, uh, if you're not getting your heating required, uh, temperatures, um, through the city's guidelines, then 
if that's the reason that you have an electric heater that could put you in greater danger than normal, then that's something that you have to take up with both your landlord and the city if they are not responding. So as we said before, call 311, make a complaint, put that out there, and hopefully that will be rectified. This is two days old. Um, from what I've seen about the city, it's a very reactive uh, city program. We have laws in place now, but obviously these tragedies continue to happen. So I'm imagining that in the future that we're going to see something pop up where um, it's more uh, in-depth law so that we know um, if there is a fire, how to prevent fires, there's going to be more information, there's going to be more guidelines, there's going to be more laws. So if we can get ahead of it, um, get forward of it and get the information out as quickly as possible, I think that would be great for everybody. It's obviously great for all the residents that we want to keep safe. We don't want anybody to be injured in the building. We don't want anybody to um, suffer through a fire. I know accidents happen, but all of that we can do is do our best job in preventing them. Um, if you want to send the, email, the show an email again, nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com, nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to email me, uh, or I'm sorry, if you'd like to call me directly again, my, my direct office line is 212-335-2723, extension 201. Check us out at ebmg.com and I will um, be back this week. We've got a few other podcasts from or from our normal schedule. So um, if this was helpful, drop us a note. Just let us know. Share it. That'd be great. And I'm going to um, put all this information that I talked about today in the description of the podcast. So if this helped you, I'm glad that I took the time to do it. Have a great week and be safe out there.